I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 283 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast about video games that we record here in this very orange room in this very orange city, San Francisco, Washington, <laughs> Florida. Uh, guys, I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen you. Yeah, do, is there citrus it, in California? Yeah. Is there a lot of citrus? Mm-hmm. But I think of Florida when I think of citrus. Uh, that's marketing. That's that's the Florida's own Newman zone. <laughs> I mean, You're thinking of their license the movie plates. Chinatown oh, yeah. is basically about sure. oranges. So. That's peaches. There are more orange license plates in Florida than there are oranges. I, uh, <clears throat> I had been stuck on a riddle slash puzzle for five years. And I solved it last night. Hmm. Gosh, <clears throat> yeah. And what? Then, where was it from? Uh, the like Wef riddles. I don't know what that is. It's one of those like not prawn kind of things. Uh, it's like oh. a sequence of of puzzles and stuff. And I I literally got one, got to one like five years ago. Could not solve it. In the process of solving it, like accidentally stumbled on an answer to like a puzzle like six later, and then got stuck on another. So I was stuck on two puzzles in the same sequence. For like five years, and then I uh, I solved both of them last night. Were you had you gone just gone through it again, or do you keep a <clears> file <throat> of puzzles you haven't solved that you go back to every five years to see if you've had some insight? Uh, do you keep this file in your brain? It's, so I had <laughs> both of those. I had both of those puzzles bookmarked in Safari, and I just hadn't you know, and like I hadn't looked at them for like a year or two, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look at this one more time. And I looked at it, and I, I, I do, in fact, have a file where I kept all my progress. And I looked at that. And I was like, it's, it's, it can't be this hard. And sure enough, it wasn't that hard. Neither of them were that hard. Well. Yeah, it's weird. I uh, Earlier uh, this week, we needed something from you. And you said, I'll have to send it to you tomorrow because it's right. on my computer at the office in 2017. <laughs> Um, Kevin couldn't give us a file because yep. it was on a different computer. This is, I mean, so like I, up until very recently, I had my entire life was organized onto a single computer, a single point of like where everything existed. And I'm, I'm having some like issues clearly. You're having some growing pains. Growing some pain because now I have like three separate computers that I'm using regularly and they're like trying to keep them synchronized and stuff is, is like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I guess I've been using multiple computers for so long that, that, you, like, that yeah, solve I problems. had to solve that problem. Yeah. But I solved that problem by trusting in the cloud, yeah, which like you don't. You don't like the cloud. I really don't. Jim, Kevin doesn't want any of his things in the clouds. But you don't want them there at all or you, you don't want to rely on them being there? Both. Like, so like I... I'm sure that Dropbox is going to get hacked at some point, and then like all the files that everyone has in there are just going to be available to everybody, I, right? And so I, that somebody somebody will just download everything that Dropbox has, right? And then if you actually lot. have an important, well, yeah, sure, it's a lot. I think it would but be ha- it would have to be somebody with data centers the size of Dropbox. I mean, it. Yeah. I, I bet it costs data. millions of dollars a year <clears throat> to store the amount of data that Dropbox is storing. Yeah. So it can't be that much. So. <laughs> Consider this. Yes. The The problem with Dropbox, and this is widely known, is that uh, the encryption should be done client-side mm-hmm. with a password that the people at Dropbox don't know. Okay. Um, and then you would just upload encrypted data to their servers, and they'd keep it there right. for you, and you'd get it back. And Well, but that doesn't work according – like, their model requires, like, if you upload a file that there already exists a copy of, they don't need to store that or sync it. Right. So it's way but, faster if they – 
that, that's if probably they the, if they know what the content is, it's way better. That that's true. But like in Kevin's case, he's not going to be uploading like the same movie everybody else is. He's going to be uploading his own files that he wants to keep secret to himself. Um, but he could encrypt them locally anyway. Well, this is this is what my suggestion was going to be. Um, Pre-encrypt everything and then. So there are. I know at least. Built into Windows, there is a way to create an encrypted drive, which is just, here's a big file on your hard drive, uh, set to a certain size, and you can open it up as a drive by typing in a password. You could just put that big file and nothing else in Dropbox. Sure. Oh, but then it would take forever to sync for every change. That is a big pain. Yep. Yeah, because it doesn't do, or does, I mean, maybe it does diffs. If it doesn't do diffs, like, Whoever well, the engineer is at Dropbox file. that makes yeah. like the entire file changes. Well, how, how do you encrypt it? D- does it? Probably. Uh, I don't think. I don't think it would have to. I don't think it would be able to in this case because if you had an it, encryption format that was designed to not designed well, to be easy to diff. <laughs> well, specifically, <laughs> it, it like let's say prefer- that you just in- you put that you append the entire plain text to the end. Sure. Of it, yeah, so that, that would make it that would make it way easier. Um, just for performance reasons, I don't think an encrypted drive could be run that way. Right. Um, okay, if I encrypted each file individually somehow, that yeah. that would work, but and I just don't. So the other thing to look into is I know there are Dropbox competitors, some of whom have this as a as a feature. As a selling point. Yeah. Um, and I've looked into them, and they're just nightmares to configure, so that's why I haven't switched. Security is worse for the user than intrusion. Uh, this is this is something. I, I maintain that this is true. <laughs> you, you you say that until somebody like hacks into your bank accounts and steals all of your money, right? And then I think you will change your mind. I, I think I the the like the likelihood that when somebody hacks into my bank accounts and steals all my money, that happening because of something that I could have done differently, I think is pretty slim. Also, like at, for all that Zach could do. There are millions of people out there, bank users, who don't even know they could do it. What do you mean? Like, just taking security precautions. Uh, and the banks have the to, they have those people as customers. Important things. Yeah, most people don't know to do that. Right. Like, yeah. that's, that, that's my, that that's alone, my that point. Like, the big, fact that, major, like, Zach refusing to do security is basically the same to the bank as the millions of customers they have who have no idea. Sure. And so they have to, they, they still have those customers. They have to know how to deal with that stuff. So like, I don't think, like, I don't think he's going to get his comeuppance. This is I don't want sad Thanks, but Jim. true. Jim, I believe in you too. <laughs> I, I mean, I, don't, I definitely don't want you to, but I, I, I mean, I've definitely have heard a bunch of stories of people losing money to fishing or whatever. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a little more savvy than they are. I mean, a boat is, the fishing boat is just like a hole in the water that's filled up with money, right? <laughs> I don't remember how that goes. <laughs> yeah, a boat is like a hole in the water that you throw money into. It's like a, it's like a, ha, ah, boats sure are expensive to maintain. Am I right? Right. And you should think they're going to make you happy, but it turns out everything is still just empty. <laughs> Am I right? How much money do you have to put on a boat before the boat just sinks due to all the money. Oh, I think it depends on the format of the money. Like doubloons would be. Would be do you remember? More. Do you remember? Uh, Wait, like ten years ago when I told you that I wanted to, more or less as a joke, Buy convert of some of my money into gold so that I could keep it in a safe. I'm pretty sure that the return on that would have been pretty significant. Like, like an order of magnitude. Yeah. 
at this point, and you were like, D- that's the most idiotic plan yeah. I have ever heard. And buy real estate and set, I think was my advice. Yeah. I think this was like 2006. Yep. Yep. I think I think that that is, in fact, precisely what happens. <laughs> yep. Who's 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 crying now? We both are, Kevin. Yeah, we both we are. both are. Because I just keep it in a box under my bed. Yeah. Uh, and that that does not appreciate in value at all. You you keep real estate in a box under your bed. Well, well, yes. a small amount. A small amount. Yeah. <laughs> a little. It's a, a little. A little, little dirt from my house. Yeah, a little coffin full of dirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that is. Do do vampires have to pay property taxes on <laughs> the their coffin? Yeah, like if the if a vampire was in a hotel room <coughs> and he had his coffin in there, uh, so does he is he responsible for property taxes on the coffin and hotel taxes on the hotel room? I think I think that the the soil itself is considered like part of the country that it's from, like oh. a, just like a just like an embassy is, right? So, so does his homeowners association have to mow it? <laughs> You never really hear about having to weed the the earth in your coffin. Right? That's true. Wait, so yeah. I didn't know about this. Is the coffins are full of dirt? Yeah, you, you yeah. Can. The, va- the t- traditionally the vampire's coffin is filled with huh. earth. Okay, from uh, from, their, from where they land. were vampired. I think okay. that's the Dracula thing, at least. Although I don't. I, yeah, I need to read up on my vampires. I don't know if Anne. I don't know if in Anne Rice's take on the mythology there is the dirt in there what, what about, about the, the what vampire about the masquerade uh, <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh yeah the masquerade i don't know if there's dirt in the coffin either it, it, they didn't have dirt rendering technology back then it's but it's important that in that a vampire is sort of an inside out alive person the coffin has to be an inside out <laughs> coffin okay <laughs> well no i mean normal a normal person does uh-huh. not like blood doesn't come in your mouth Okay. Right. It, well, you're, it fair comes enough. out for a normal person. Right. Well, yeah. So, I mean, if you put your mouth under the blood faucet, it definitely comes in your mouth. <laughs> well, normal people don't have blood faucets. It also spills out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit. If it's like a blood drinking fountain, there's no way you're cut. Do you know? Do you guys ever think about public drinking fountains and how they are inherently wasteful because you cannot consume all of the water that comes out of them? Well, if you put a bottle under it. I've, seen, I've started to see that more and more often. It's just like bottle okay. filling stations. Okay. Yeah. And they're designed. Did you did you listen to that ninety nine percent invisible about them? They're designed. The reason that the nozzle on a drinking fountain is shaped like it is is so you won't put your mouth on it. Oh, huh. Because <laughs> right. that's otherwise enough people did that that it was a public health issue. What about the the bubblers in Portland that are just constantly running, hmm. regardless of whether somebody's? There. I think those are just filtering the same water or the same hobo piss through them over and over and over again. Okay. They pour a little bit of bleach into them. It's okay. Mm, do, you, do you think the idea of... Because realistically, what you're drinking out of the tap of a municipal water supply that like treats that treats wastewater is piss plus bleach. That's not entirely true. Do you right? think that if you, if you gave someone a choice between drinking a glass of water and drinking a glass of piss with bleach in it, I think I think most people would choose the piss and bleach. So I, I, I think that <laughs> municipal water supply practices are really they're they're the right right way to do it. Is is bleach the same thing as chlorine? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there is chlorine bleach. There might be other kinds of bleach. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> urine has ammonia in it, and if I remember right, Say if you what? combine ammonia, urine. If I oh, remember yeah. right, if you combine ammonia with chlorine, that's how you get chlorine gas. It is true. That's a way the chloride people, gas. People kill themselves. I don't know what that is. Clorox. Is that the same thing? I don't know. People kill themselves by pissing in the pool. In. Not just pissing, I think, but like 
If, if you mix ammonia and chlorine in yeah. your home, you, I you, you your toilet gets extra to clean. clean toilet. Yeah. I, I didn't think that piss had a high enough ammonia content. Right. That's to, that's why I don't know that. Do that. I don't yeah. know that there's enough ammonia. Mm-hmm. Fair cat, enough. Cat piss maybe. definitely yeah. does. Yeah. Pretty sure. Because it definitely that. smells a lot. So I don't think it takes ammonia. that much ammonia to have a real ammonia smell. I, I think the reason think? why they tell you not to use bleach in the toilet isn't because of the ammonia in the urine. It's because you have probably used a toilet cleaner on it previously that had ammonia in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, the toilets are colored. It's actually a campaign by the anime Bleach to make sure that you don't flush any of their episodes down the toilet. Yes, sure. Too, too bad. <laughs> That's the, the, only, the only thing to do with them. They shouldn't make DVDs that are small enough to flush down the toilet. <laughs> Do you remember those pe- tiny little like like business card discs that people CD used to ROMs. have? Yeah, because they were yeah. like they were like they required nine, having nine a... centimeter CDs that you had to have the little interior tray in your CD-ROM. Well, tray. And like a little spindle that you stuck it to because it was like they weren't even round. Like they were they were literally business card shaped. Yeah, I remember that. See, those would put, you could put those in a. Because they were symmetrical. You could put those in a normal spindle without. Really? I mean, you wouldn't. I, there's like no, what, I would... the, adva- the advantage of this whole process is you get to look at some dipshits multimedia business card that you don't care about. So right. why? I think it's possible that no one has ever read any data off of one of those. Okay. <laughs> so maybe they just don't work at all. Fair enough. Guys, it's been two weeks. We have to have done some exciting things. Yeah. I know I, I have, but I want everyone else to go first. Mm, <laughs> I went to the Oregon oh. Science Museum. Nice. How was that? A friend of the show, Gary Butterfield, yesterday. It was, <clears throat> did, did they have cool exhibits? Did the did you uh, did you touch the bars where like half of them were, were warm and half of them were cool and it felt really hot? Oh yeah, I like that a lot. Oh yeah, they it wasn't uh, bars, but they did have this. They they did have a display kind of like that with uh, uh, differently shaped metal objects, sort of like little metal flowers or something. We, the the hot side didn't seem particularly hot at all, even after touching the cold side. So I don't. We we weren't sure what was up with that one. Maybe Did you hold them both simultaneously? The, uh, no, we didn't think to try that. Actually, that's that's where it, that's where it shines. Yeah, there's a thing works. at the Exploratorium yeah. that's like two parallel copper coils that that are about half an inch in diameter, and one of the coils is hot and one of the coils is cold. And when you touch it, it's just it's it's like a crazy sensation. Hmm. Yeah. But only only when you touch them, because like touching one individually just doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the the illusion comes from touching both at once and like in the same kind of the same patch of skin. The uh, the main thing we were <clears throat> the main thing we were there to see was there is an exhibit of uh, Lego art. Hmm. Uh, with I can't think of the artist's name offhand, unfortunately, but it was it was all right. It was kind of cool. It it was it was mostly divided into like paintings that he had reproduced using lego which was kind of cool to see but not super impressive because it's basically what people do with perler beads so like two mm-hmm. two-dimensional yeah two-dimensional and then he just al- like using one by one bricks to yeah to digit to digitize yeah, it pa- hmm. pretty much yeah i'm not I'm but not as he, about that. he also had some some <clears throat> pretty decent sculptures uh 3d stuff that he'd made some that were like his own his own stuff mainly uh human figures in weird poses and then he had some that were reproductions of famous art like Venus de Milo made out of Lego and stuff like that. I whenever I see those I always just it's like when you see like something reproduced in Minecraft by just 
mm-hmm. loading a 3D model into yeah, that was some kind of editor that just shits it out into the world data as opposed to, like it doesn't ever look like something. It looks like something that was built by a machine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these, was done by these kind yeah. of had that problem. They're they he didn't uh, he didn't take advantage of the the range of Lego pieces. He just used the big blocky bricks. Yeah, and, and so they were I, I, real rough looking and. And I mean, if it, if that's what if that's what he was going for, then that's fine. But I feel like Lego has a much broader palette that he didn't bother to take advantage of. I feel the same way about like um, automatically generated ASCII art. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. feel like if you look at um, scene art from you know be the BBS era, and also people who kept doing that long after BBSs weren't a thing anymore. Um, some of that stuff is really good, and it never looks the same. It never looks like the auto-generated stuff. Um, but I will say that having done a little bit of Perler Bead, you know, just I, I, I want to put this sprite of, from Duke Nukem in my bedroom window. Um, having done a little bit of Perler Bead art, it's the, the thing that's surprisingly difficult is that um, uh, the Perler Beads don't come in the same colors as the NES palette yeah. or the EGA palette. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Color selection is actually has a, has kind of tricky. Problem. Yeah. Color, yeah. Color and so there's a, in, in, yeah, in, in cross stitch was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of like unexpected, uh, human decision making in that, um, in that aspect of it. Also getting the, getting them to flatten consistently with the iron was that, I mean, I've made like two perler bead things in my life. Yeah. I think both of which were the holy water from Castlevania. <laughs> um, but getting them to, like some of them ended up like melting into squares, and I was like, "Oh well, that's good, that's cool." Yeah, that's what. But you not want. all of them, so I'm like, "Well, fuck." Yeah, I'm terrible at this. Yeah, I get a soldering iron in there and draw <laughs> the edges. Oh uh, yeah. And w- one of these days, I want to figure out how they make those uh, th- those uh, fern leaves in lattes. Yeah. Like the art with the the milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Not not just like they don't don't just drop the leaves in there. I was like, well, I can, I can put some fern leaves in your latte if you want, pal. <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> drop your heart in there too. <clears throat> um, I watched a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, like what? I watched uh, I watched Get Out. Oh, good. Which I really, uh, really good. Can't really, talk about it though because really I still it. haven't seen it. Okay, ah, you it, should so you should see it. Do you ever? This is a thing that happens to me a lot where it will be very important to me and say my girlfriend to see a movie in the theater, but that means that neither of us will then go see it independently, which means that we don't get around to seeing it before it's not in the theater anymore. Yeah, that sounds like a thing that happens to people. Yeah. This definitely doesn't need to be in a theater. Okay. So. Yeah, I I do think it's surprising enough that you do want to go in without as little spoiler as possible. Agreed. Um, So please don't spoil. Okay. Uh, the other, um, I also watched uh, Arrival. Oh, good. Ah, which good. really, really loved, those loved are, Arrival. Those are two of my favorite movies of the past six months or a year. Yeah, That's, yeah. Is Arrival the uh, linguistics one? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I kind of want to see that too. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's 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 there's. I went in there for the linguistics because I love that stuff. Um, but there's definitely more to it that is really interesting. Yeah that I don't want to talk about because like there's already a good hook. It made me like Amy Adams finally. Okay. I I had just despised her every time I saw her in anything Julie because Julia. of Julie and Julia. Okay. Mm. Like I I found her the character that she played in Julie and Julia just so horrid. Hmm. 
that it made me dislike the actors, which I guess means she was doing a good job of acting. You, you hate also, everyone who blogs. That's basically. yeah, I do. I hate all bloggers, okay. uh, which is great because I don't really hate that many people anymore now that now that it's <laughs> this late in the 21st century. Uh, what about people I, who make websites on Squarespace? Uh, no, those are they're fine. They're cool. Okay. In fact, uh, you know, save fifteen uh, percent and get a free domain <laughs> name with the offer code Hot Dog. D- don't that is uh, wonder, that, that probably is an that. offer code. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, sure. Toss those people up whatever pittance they get. Yeah. Uh, also, the other part of Julie and Julia was so good that I wanted oh, yeah. just that movie. I wanted just Julia. I did not want Julie Julia. I wanted just <laughs> Julia. I didn't feel like the. Would you have watched a Raul Julia film? Oh man, yes. Oh, if yeah, it was just absolutely. Raul Raul slash Julia, and it was just a biography of Raul <laughs> Julia, and then a, a biography of Julia Childs. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, you'd have uh, to and get then, is, and then Childs from the thing. Is John Aston still alive? I don't. I know. think I might have been surprised to find out that he was recently. You could get John Aston to play Raul Julia. <laughs> <laughs> Because they both played uh, Gomez Adams. Ah, okay. Thank you for... I did not quite connect that. And I watched uh, Better Call Saul, which is just back on the air now. Oh, like the new episodes? Yeah. Saul? Saul. Saul. Bob Odenkirk, still alive. Yeah. Good. No, isn't it weird? I thought that Sean... I thought that John Aston... If you had asked me before I read his Wikipedia article fairly recently, I would have said, I think he died in the 80s. Yes, totally. He's super old. Yeah, he, I am. Um, he's I also had a been, vampire, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, so that, that makes sense. Mistake, yeah. I, I just finished up the second season of Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. Because I, I realized that I had for, I'd watched the first season and then just forgot about it yeah. because it wasn't on Netflix at the time. And yeah. I have purchased the third season and so i'm gonna have to have kevin show me how to fucking download episodes of it on my computer do you oh, that's right maybe we can do that tonight before we go my laptop's not here oh well never mind yeah someday someday i'll figure i bought the entire first season of uh dirk gently's holistic detective agency and i've only watched the first episode because i can't figure out how to download the rest of the episodes hmm. i mean you bought it just go to BitTorrent, yep. man yeah. like that's how, no I, I mean how was that first episode it's Fine. I, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to endorse it. I mean, I like. Okay. It's a thing that I would probably watch the rest of, but not. Not now. Not when there's better calls all to watch. Are you fainting with damn praise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good tweet. I thought that was pretty good too. Yeah, it was. A, it was a collaboration between me and Amelia. But, but yeah. They, they should there should be a way to tweet from two accounts at once just yeah like a shared yeah because like the follow-up accreditation tweet never feels like that always feels conciliatory to me as yeah. opposed to like a thing that you plan to do from the beginning yeah and so it's and you don't want to you don't want to like weaken the original tweet by yeah having, by having adding it. extra yeah yeah i mean now with the way that twitter replies apparently work I, who knows what is yeah. happening ever i don't I'm still using an old client, so I don't see any of what anyone is talking about, and it's great. What about you, Kevin? You must have. Oh, you went to you went to the conference on world affairs. I did. I, AshleyMadison.com yeah. presents. <laughs> that was a that was a good joke of CD Moyer's. Uh, yeah. So uh, oh, sorry, I need to follow that up with a tweet uh, with CD Moyer's name in it as an accreditation. Uh, the reason that we did not record last week was because uh, I was out of town and did not have any good way to record, uh, and also I had no time. Um, 
But uh, so I went to Boulder, where every year for the past sixty nine years there has been a nice conference on world affairs. Yeah, you were. I was hoping. <clears throat> Uh, Dan Bob, who helps organize the conference, uh, was suggesting to them that they clearly need to have a track on sex, given that it's the 69th year, and they were not uh, they were not hip. Ah, bogus. Exactly. Is it still, is it somebody who was 75 years old when it started, and now they're <laughs> 75 plus 69. <laughs> you mathed. Now you have to wait till the conference is 420 years old. Right. 39? To do, to do a, no. a whole segment on weed. <laughs> you know. 144? Um, still trying to do math over there. No, it's, it's 150 minus 6. Yeah, 144. Okay. okay. That's gross. Um, <clears throat> so I had, in, over the past few years, oh, I have gross. Yeah. Okay. I have recommended a, uh, a bunch of people to the conference without ever having attended the conference. And <laughs> now, now you regret every single recommendation. No, I mean, I, a bunch of the people that I recommended got a lot out of it. Although I, like I now understand the one person who didn't get anything out of it and was annoyed, uh, why they, why they felt that way. Um, but, uh, so I, you know, I, I wanted to check out what it was like. And so I, I went and I got to like, hang out and meet a bunch of cool people it was fun i got I what's got, the elevator pitch for the actual conference itself that's the thing that nobody has ever seemed to be able to produce for me it is a bunch of interesting people from a, a wide variety of disciplines uh talking about a wide variety of topics there's like 200 different panels that you can attend it's everything from the arts and politics to the environment and science and you know a little bit of popular culture thrown in here and like just just all over this all over the place and it's <clears throat> something that sometimes works real well a lot of times doesn't work real well is there will be they will often put people on panels who are not directly related to what they're talking about um and if the people are smart and interesting and like well read they'll still have you know an interesting thing to say about it but sometimes they're just not and that's I so you don't prepare a talk for it you just get assigned panels based you get on assigned panels and then you're supposed to talk for about five or ten minutes to sort of give a context to what you what you know like what lens you bring to the subject um some people prepare and have like like really well thought out and some people just come in blind and sometimes and like that again is super variable sometimes those people have interesting things to say and some people are just like train wrecks so, met a lot of famous people though i think there's something to be said for the idea of having um an outsider just to get some like because most of yeah. the people in the audience are oh, going definitely. to have that perspective so like i for example i think like the worst uh assignments we do are mm. the ones where everybody loves it and we're just talking about like we're we're we leave out all the context that anybody who hasn't played the game will have because we all have it. You're going to be real happy <laughs> about today's discussion. Yeah. yeah, I think I think this is going to be an interesting one. I'm not apologizing for this. You guys need to apologize for this fucking game. <laughs> um, I th- are you saying you guys like the developers? No, I mean you like you three. Okay. <laughs> um. I, I think there's a strong case that uh, we should pick somebody. Case to be made that we should pick somebody to not play the assignment oh, every week. Just oh, have them be the mm, like, that'll the work con- out for this that's, week. <laughs> yeah, that's but that's why I was saying you were going to be happy this week. Wait, yeah, did, did you not play the game? I didn't buy it. Wait, what? I looked at it and I was like, man, wow, everything that I have heard 
anyone say about this makes me feel like I am just pissing money away yeah, by purchasing yeah, this game, and I'm just not nice going to do it. High five. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Holy shit, Rift, did you buy this game? I, I, no. I did not buy the game for exactly the same reason and then started wow, watching a YouTube wow. video instead, and I didn't even make it 10 minutes through watching a you YouTube video. You guys need to video. apologize. Yeah, you. That, that's really bad. We, we had an I know. I knew, talk about. I knew that it was transgressive, and I, but I also knew that Only Jim, one of you was supposed to do that. Jim is going <laughs> to have enough to say. And it's almost always Riff, so it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, well, it's often Riff, but yeah, sure. 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 I, I mean, I like the idea of every fourth week not having to play a video game. <laughs> he said on the video game podcast. Oh, I love not playing games. Uh, so the conference, the panels were uh, uh, all over the place in terms of like interestingness and quality and stuff like that. Uh, but the the other part where I got to just kind of hang out and talk to all the panelists was rad. And that was really, really cool. And got to meet a bunch of really neat, interesting people. Um so, yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I got to hang out with my high school friends, which was cool because it's in Boulder and like all my high school friends still live in Colorado. And I got to spend a bunch of time with uh, Dan, Bob and Emily. Do they, do they still do your high school show. friends still have a weekly Mage the Ascension campaign that's been ongoing for 25 years? I don't think it's weekly uh, and I don't think that's it's Mage. That's pretty awesome, though. They, they definitely have a bunch of really long running uh, role playing campaigns for sure. Is one of them the Chronicler? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the chronicler is. Who, who you know, like writes down on the scroll? Oh, it's one of the session. people who plays. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe that's entirely possible. Yes, on the scroll. Wow, like a single scroll. That's just like a story yeah. It's just it's just done. a roll of Toilet like paper. municipal paper towel. Okay, like institutional paper towel that roll. you just like tape together yeah. when you get to the end. I of it. I used to um I used to write letters to people like on my freshman towel. year in college. Yeah, I would just I would just go and get like five feet of paper towel from the because hmm. it was basically just like grocery bag paper right. uh write letters on that and then roll them up and tie them with ribbon and send them to people in a box okay um that's cool yeah i thought is I, I used to do all kinds of shit like that where i would just mail people stuff and like make packages for people and stuff and that, now everything's digital is now that all i happened? do is post something to instagram or did you just do you just stop caring about people <laughs> i don't know maybe that I mean, maybe it's what happened is I no longer had way more time than money. Yeah. So it was like, I feel like that has a huge impact, man. Speaking of a guy that had way more money than anyone should be allowed to. I think I went to a crazy place uh, okay. a couple huh. weekends ago. There was there was a man who he was an engineer in San Francisco who retired in the nineties and okay. had a bunch of money and had really enjoyed spending time with his wife in like the South of France. And so he was like, we just want to buy some property that reminds us of that. So he went to Napa and bought like a Valley in Napa, just like 150 acres or something. Okay. And then there were some wine, there were some grape fields already there that, that he was operating. He was like, well, we should make wine. I should learn how to make wine yeah. if I'm here where these grapes are. So he like just started from zero and learned how to make wine. And then he thought, all right, well, I need to build some winemaking facilities, but he didn't want any buildings on the grounds. So he just drilled out. He then spent two years drilling out a 45,000 square foot winemaking facility in a series of tunnels in this mountain uh-huh. that you can now go on tours of. And it's like, it is a wagon wheel shaped 
thing. It's like a big circle that's like, I don't know, 100 yards across or whatever, with spokes leading into the center where they inadvertently unearthed a spring. So there's just like a little waterfall. Like, it's exactly where you would put a spring if you were choosing for there to be one in your thing. So there's a little waterfall that leads out into some little rivers that then go and drain out the sides of the mountain elsewhere. And then there's a like a complex in the back of big banquet rooms and big rooms filled with barrels and there's one room that's all full of geodes but the geodes didn't come from the geodes are all from like alabama or something okay which is, that's weird um, but it's just like a giant geode chamber uh that looks a lot like a church um okay and then there's it was just wine tasting and and then they tried to get so you to buy the, some really expensive bottles of wine which we did not but it's the jarvis vineyards um cool. it, anybody who has a chance to go but yeah it was just cool so the vineyards are it. just like there's nothing above ground yeah and you go into a hole yeah, in a mountain it's, it's just i mean there's like a little outbuilding or whatever but yeah you go into it looks like the um the the exterior shots of the stargate sg1 base where it's just like a like a car tunnel sized opening in the side of a mountain um nice but yeah it was just like being in a cool wine dungeon <laughs> Um, I also, I, I, uh, I kind of fell victim to a scam sort of in a very okay. minor way that I, that is weird in a way that I think is interesting. I, so I saw a Reddit AMA that was like, I am a computer programmer who's the author of a best-selling ebook on Amazon. It's like a time travel, uh, sci-fi thriller. And I looked at it and I'm like, Okay, and it was, you know, it's just like, it reads like an AMA that the guy who wrote The Martian would do it. I'm like, oh, there must be another one of those. I'll check it out. And so I went and I spent a dollar on this, on this, on this ebook. Okay. And as I started out reading it and I was like, this is very badly written. Uh, like it's, there, there are just dumb mistakes in it. And it's like, I'm like, not, like, like, uh, I was like, I don't, mistakes? I don't really, yeah, yeah, just, you know, like using a, using a homonym, like not knowing that it was a different uh, word or whatever. So like, like, a, a homophone, homophone rather. Yeah. But, but it was like, it wasn't so bad that I was like, you know, cause like, if you look at like Twilight, mm -hmm. I remember our friend Josh saying, when I asked him, I'm like, is, is it really that bad? And he said, go to a bookstore, pick up Twilight open it to a random page and see if you can get through a single mm -hmm. paragraph without seeing something that is so bad that you just obviously would change it. And I, he was right. I could not. Um, it wasn't that bad. I was like, okay, well, I don't get why this, this, the Martian made sense in terms of popularity. This does not really accept that now it's this, it's like this sci-fi time travel story that like partially takes place on a space station and partially takes place in the old west where there's some guys that have been like sent back in time to the old west and i like kind of got into it because it was paced really well and okay. it like you know sets up a lot of threads and resolves some of them and some of them start to intersect and then it just like real abruptly ends like okay. it ends <laughs> without resolving 75 percent of the things that it set up okay and i was like huh that's weird. And it was, all, and it was also really short, which I knew it was like barely novella length, but I went back to the AMA. All of the author's comments had been deleted and all it was like everything in there everywhere was like somebody asking a question, a deleted comment from the author, a reply saying, why was this deleted? And then a reply to that saying, this guy does this every few months. He like, he has this free ebook that he every few months makes it cost a dollar and then he goes 
and gets a bunch of like he gins up a bunch of social media about it by like citing some weird statistics about like the one day he outsold Stephen King in the horror uh, category uh, or whatever and then puts it up again for a day and Reddit has just started deleting it once they find out about it because he's just this repeat scammer which I don't really understand how in doing that you get an AMA to the front page yeah, yeah. of Reddit because it seems like there's some oversight there now I, like and, and you saw it on the front because, page yeah it's not well not necessarily on the front page but like far enough in that I browse so in the front it's handful really of impressive to me that he can do this repeatedly yeah. yeah and also it's the book is good enough that if you just finished it you'd be able to sell it and people would buy it and like it because it's pretty good <laughs> like I mean it's, it's like not perfect and it's not it's like real it's just you know hokey like page turner time travel story it sounds like it's but not like, bad but it's like not it if you were just scamming, it seems like you wouldn't have produced something that was this good. Right. And if you were if you were capable of producing something that was this good, you know, it's not like amazing, but like why why do this weird scam thing? It's I, nah, I don't know. I'm reluctant to even say the name of it because I don't want I mean, I guess if it's free. Right. At the points when he's not doing this, there's nothing to hurt. It's called uh why, but why would he make it free? The rest of the time, so I that don't he can outsell Stephen King in the horror genre. How but do you outsell someone by with a free book? I get more downloads. Okay. Yeah, I really don't know. I don't. I don't understand how. Like, it seems like somebody who was decent, as decent at writing as this guy, and as apparently masterful at like manipulating social media to come up with the appearance yeah. of legitimacy to the point where you'd make any money off of it would be able to get like a job either writing or being a social media manipulator. Right. This is a weird, like normally I, f I like, I mean, everybody hates getting ripped off, but like I get a real, like I, my brain gets into like a dark place when I like sort of allow myself to be taken advantage of for even like a small amount of money. And I don't know why, cause it's like really not that important. Cause to you me. don't give a shit about but, security. Well, I don't give a shit about security <laughs> and I don't really give a shit about money. Like the way that I feel like most people do. But when I make a mistake that results in just like some weird waste, I just get like, I don't know, like this, this sort of curtain descends on my brain and it's like, all I can think about and it's like real like sort of panic attack kind do of feeling. Think... This didn't do that at all because I was like, okay. oh, huh. I got like, it's like somehow, you know, sometimes somebody will come up to you with a like the crazy, you know, crackhead elaborate panhandling story and like, you know, playing on the sympathy of somebody who's less sort of, you know, paranoid or shrewd than, than you are every once in a while to be one of those. That's like good enough and enough effort was put into it that I'll give the guy <coughs> some money anyway. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know this. Th there was that, uh, there's that guy weird. who was making fun of you for being racist or something. That was like, Oh really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. At a really it. good panhandler. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that, um, Refusing to um, engage with security practices is a defense mechanism so you don't feel bad about failing to do one properly when bad things happen. No. Um, I think it is a it's an idealism thing because I know that there is something better than fucking two factor auth using a goddamn telephone that will occur as a 
way of securing our access to things pretty soon. Mm. And so I refuse to enter into systems where, and also, I mean, it's, it's a practicality thing in a lot of ways because we had over the years running Kingdom of Loathing, we had so much more downtime and so many more user affecting problems associated with security updates than Mm. we did with intrusions. Yeah. And so when something is working, like I believe that the purpose of software is to function, not to be secure. And people who are really concerned about software security, they're like, well, you know, what you need to do is just spend a couple hours every day making sure all your shit's secure. It's like, nope. Even a couple hours a year is too much time to spend thinking about software security. I just want to create. I just want to create works of art, man. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I hate running a business. I just want to make art for everybody, like all the people who just hacked my art and don't pay for it. Yeah. Are you are you still running a business? Uh, it, not so much these days. Okay. Um, uh, it, it's still like I still have Twin Beard Inc. as a, as an entity that exists. Um, that's for drawing with both of your beards. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I I suspect there's going to be more happening there, but right now, no. Okay. Right now, it's pretty low key. But like, when I was, you know, paying two contractors to do work for a year and a half, like the overhead there, like on my my my, my mental overhead was a big pain in the ass. Yeah, you do seem happier. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of. That's it's, good. You're like, I, I'm definitely less stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's maybe that's what I interpret as as I, happiness. Yeah. That's that's. They're, they're the pretty absence highly, of unhappiness. They're pretty you know? correlated, I would say. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, now I've got the stress of not knowing what's happening next. Like, right. I've still got a... Uncertainty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it's... Um, the stress of uncertainty is at least a, a kind of stress that is... Exciting. Tinged with possibility and opportunity rather than a, you know... Dread. It's not like the... It's less like the stress of, like, knowing whether your cancer's in remission. Yeah, that's true. Or not, you know? And, <laughs> and more like, ah, oh, this could be great or this could be bad. It's going to be somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah. I've got a pretty good life, I think. Good. Yeah. Does that life include any video games that you've played since the last time we did this podcast? Ooh, Sweet segue. Yeah, good seg there. Um, I I uh, played a little bit more of Snake Pass, um, which, uh, in light of of ukulele, it's actually interesting in that like the way it's structured, um, it is just platforming and collecting, which is exactly what I wanted out of u- ukulele. Um, but it doesn't really hold up in terms of like. This is a mechanic that is interesting, but it doesn't get harder in any interesting way. And so, like, I can put myself in the shoes of the developer and say, like, we've got this neat snake movement mechanic. How can we build a, you know, what, five to eight hour experience out of this? Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting for a couple of hours and then it gets hard in the way that's not interesting in the way that's like the way it gets harder is not actually by getting harder. It just, just by, making uh higher stakes so checkpoints get further and further apart and so when you fuck up you're just spending more time you're having to more carefully execute things that you've already demonstrated to the game that you know how to do yeah and it's 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 a shame um because it's but it is one of those things where like when you build a new mechanic you don't know until you actually do a bunch of work to that that this doesn't this doesn't scale to a game 
Yeah. And so, like, if you're trying to make a living as a game developer, you're probably going to finish the game as best you can and sell it anyway. Um, well, I mean, you know, so I, I feel like that's the story of Superhot. Yeah. Which, though, apparently has, like, really come into its own in VR. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Which yeah, I haven't... I really liked it, the original version. Well, yeah, which, which original? The, like the, the well, jam the, one. Not the, not the, the, the post-jam version, the release version. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so did I, but I like it when a game is like an hour long. Yeah. You know, and... It's, There's actually a lot of game there, like a bunch of alternate modes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which you just didn't care about. I didn't, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't love... Also, what does it mean for the game to be an hour long? With Super Hot in particular? <laughs> well, like the main campaign mode was like an hour long, right? Which time frame? Sure, yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, and I played, um, uh, it's a phone game called Bean Dreams, which is a sequel to Bean's Quest. Um, and it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty, like, run-of-the-mill phone platformer. In this case, the way they handle the phone interface is just by you push the left and right sides of the screen to move in a direction, and you just jump automatically. Oh. Um, and so this is uh, a game that's built around um, short levels that you replay, trying to minimize the number of bounces that you it takes to get you through the level, which is just like it's a, a fun thing to do with your thumbs while you're listening to a podcast or what have you. Mm. So I've been, in, I've been enjoying that. Um, a thing to do with your idle thumbs while listening to Giant Bombcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's important. Yeah, yeah. It's true. And it, yeah, I don't have much more to say about that. It's a, it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good platformer. You can play a bunch of it for free. Well, okay. Is it a thing where you just can buy the rest of the levels inside the game? Yeah, and they seem like. It's it's structured so you can actually play most of the game for free. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Are there ads? Uh, I don't know. I paid money before I could find out. Okay. Ever the typical <coughs> Android user. <laughs> yeah. You know, paying for stuff. Yeah, that's at weird. scale. Is, is that a is that a thing? <laughs> is <laughs> Android users don't buy things. No, oh, that's too bad. At least at least in aggregate. <laughs> Nothing right. else that whole time. Uh, nothing else. More Zelda. I, oh yeah, I played a little bit more Zelda. I um, what are you doing in the game now that you have at completed this, it? At this point in Zelda, uh, I realized that um, so I as soon as I got the shrine beacon, I turned it off because it was annoying. Okay. And I already knew about uh, the the little thing that beeps when you're close yeah. to a shrine. Um, and I already knew about a bunch of shrines I wanted to go to, so I was like, I don't need to know about more shrines. Um. Once I got around like 80 shrines done, I re- like I, I I was out of shrines that I knew about, and I um didn't realize for quite a while that I could just I could turn that thing back on and find them again pretty easily. I see. And so and that's is what I unfinished shrines that it tells you about. Uh, I think it only shows you shrines you haven't discovered. Oh, okay. So once you've oh, like they show up on the map, if you yeah, they become yeah. quick travel points. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Um. So right, right. when it when they give you that feature. They say right away how to turn it off. And I was like, yeah, I bet this is annoying. I bet this is annoying. I bet that's what the, the game has just communicated to me. Yeah. It? No, it, they should have given this to you way later in the game. Like, it's not annoying when you're actively looking for new shrines and they're rare. Like. Yeah. That, so it's just a question of like, so, and that's a, that's a thing that you automatically get early. 
You or get like, it like at. You don't really automatically get anything. Well, that's that's in, my question. Is, like, did you game, stumble right? on it early? But well, they direct you to it. So oh. like, this is one of those things where like. Uh, as soon as you get down from the plateau, they give you a couple of quests, like, you should go to Kakariko Village and talk to so-and-so. How is that true when you, th- well, at least as, my, as I understand it, you could have picked, like, any th- of 360 degrees to, like, jump off the plateau. Like, how are, do, how are they giving you any kind of, how are you expected you mean, to get anything? That's how are you ex- expected? Like, they, 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 you don't have to do any of it. Right, but, but they put a little you, marker for, on your yeah, map. I actually forget. How are you given that quest? There's a Zelda's voice talks to you uh, in your head. Uh, okay. Yeah. Know. Sorry, I, I misunderstood like your, the intent of like, that question. I, yeah, my I guess I was coming at it from the assumption that like everything was just based in the world, and since you were not necessarily going to be in the same place as anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like true. Yeah, the, the game will, will periodically have um, the voice in your head. You know, nice. give you some instructions. Okay. Uh, but yeah, what I've been doing lately is just kind of running around like, and I'm constantly finding new things. Like I, f- filling out the map, uh, feels like, um, the, the process of filling out the map, um, made it feel like I had explored the whole world pretty early on, but like just going to each tower isn't anywhere close to, um, actually exploring, actually exploring the whole region. Um, and also once you've gotten all these fast travel points, um, it's very easy to only like fast travel to those locations and then go in the, go in, uh, the direction of where you're going. And as a result, you miss a lot of stuff that you would just go, go past on foot that is interesting looking. Like <clears throat> making the decision to like forego fast travel, um, go, not necessarily go everywhere on foot, but like make a point of, doing a lot of foot travel or hearse travel has been like, it gives me like having spent, you know, I guess I'm probably like a hundred hours into this game. Um, it makes you feel like you see a lot of the same stuff again and again. And that's because that's the stuff that's close to the fast travel points, the most right. common ones. Um, and that gives you the impression that like, you've seen the whole thing. Um, but there's a lot there that is just, you know, that is not on the beaten path. Um, I wonder if like a little heat map, on your map that's like these are places that you've actually walked they so they have they sort of have that in that um uh place names don't show up until you actually visit the place Mm, so you can kind of look where the gaps are yeah with the assumption which i think is 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 borne out that there's points of interest everywhere yeah like named points of interest i have a question because i never went to any of them that weren't on the ocean side what? How do the edges of the map get handled? Oh, they just like there's an invisible wall there that says there's a message pop up pops up that asks you to turn around. Oh, mm. uh, it it, it kind of sucks. Like two side, like actually in, three sides of the map have a um, like either a big chasm or a or an ocean, and I think that's a good way to handle it. And the other side is just the big invisible wall, um, which. Is a, they couldn't have put like a mountain because you would have just tried to climb it, right? Yeah, what they could have put is like a, I mean, like they could have handled it the way the World of Warcraft does, right? Which is just everything produces 
well, it was an island. Yeah. Probably, but, but like fatigue, fatigue was a way. Like, but that was mostly from swimming. Right? You, you got, you've, you basically have swimming fatigue in this game. Yeah. Which is what, which is why they don't need to wall, they don't need to put an invisible wall in the ocean, right? Right. Although I guess you could, they probably do because you could take a boat out onto oh, it. I forgot about that. I, I only ever found, either. I only ever found one boat and I didn't have any of the leaves. So <laughs> it was. Right. Uh, and couldn't you also just theoretically get an arbitrary distance away given enough fatigue food? Oh, stamina food. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess so. I, I, I bet you could reach the invisible wall in the ocean just by eating. Yeah. I would and really like, like you could, you could like the, one of the things you can do in this game is attach like, um, one of those floating Octorok balloons to, a any, any flat platform you can stand on and you can float up into the air. Mm. Um, you do that with a boat. You can use the uh, the leaves to propel the the now airship. I'm sure there's an invisible wall across that chasm as well for that exactly that reason. Right. But that was something that those those um because I never happened to do that stuff. It was always like obvious to me there isn't any, anything interesting over there. I never like it never broke the illusion. Right. Whereas like in the desert in the Gerudo Desert, I was constantly like Running like because it's so like flat and featureless. Um, what the, the, the area on the opposite side of the invisible wall is, isn't any significantly less, less featured than the rest of the desert. So I was constantly running into that. What were you going to say, Zach? Oh, I just was, it, it, I I would appreciate it so much if there was some actual diegetic reason for it, you know, like if the desert was just or something like, or if the desert was just too hot, like eventually there is a level of heat that will kill you even if you have maximum heat resistance. Right. And it just slowly gets to that point as you go out towards a a skybox. Right. Yeah. That way there could be stuff that was interesting over there and you would always wonder. Yeah. That is, that is a thing that like it, it is, you, when you run across the edges of this game, uh, rough edges, the, there are definitely rough edges in this game, and it feels rough weird edge. that they're there because the clean, so much the of clean it. clean edges are real rough edges, <laughs> you'd say. Uh, because, just because, like, so much of it is, is just polished. I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast before, but, like, it's, like, for example, um, you keep running into these books in the game, and the interface for reading books is abysmal. Like it is a like using the the dialogue system like you know, menu driven. You know what I bet was really good was when you fucking just read them on the Wii U tablet. Oh man! Like it, it all of the UI feels like it suffers so much from them just cutting it off at the legs, so people wouldn't, so people would have to buy a switch. No, oh, I didn't people think people would want to buy a switch to do it. Yeah, that you're probably right. Like I think that was like one of the the places they cut corners, and probably just because they were coming up on ship and they they were. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of it is is probably down to that. Although I don't know that, like, the reading text on Nintendo manufactured flat screens is always really unpleasant to me uh, unless the text is really big and really high contrast just because like it's getting to the point where being able to see individual pixels is is becoming like a marker of low quality mm. do you see individual pixels on the switch I don't have one oh right uh, I think the Wii U the Wii U tablet resolution is pretty low Okay. As those things goes, I go. I'm trying to remember what the Wii U. I'm trying to remember what the Wii U tablet resolution is like. Like my my eyesight is not awesome, 
So like, or, or maybe I'm just good at compensating for that stuff. Um, I've never just, ha- I've never noticed, uh, like, uh, pixel edge. Just the big 3DSs. I like, I think, sure. I think that everything, especially in the like native, in the, in the 3DS, like UI. Yeah. The operating system stuff. I think that stuff all looks like shit. Mm-hmm. And like, it would be better if the screen was smaller. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I definitely have, I've noticed pixels in the, on the, on the 3DS. Man, Zelda. I just, I like, I forget what it was. Was it, did Zelda come out right before PAX East or something? Like, I feel like it was during GDC. Okay. So, so yeah, it was a week before PAX East. Like I played the shit out of it and then I came back from PAX East. I went away for a while and came back and just never picked it up again. Hmm. So you would have taken it with you if you'd had a switch and then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I could have taken it with me on the Wii U, I guess, because <laughs> you can just play it on the. Okay. On the tablet. You can play any Wii U game on the tablet, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. huh. Well, uh, I don't know if, about any game, but that one certainly, yeah. Yeah, there's, the only thing that's ever on the tablet is a thing saying press here if you want to play this on the tablet. Oh, weird. Um, I should take it. We're, we're headed back to, uh, Arizona for Zapcon next week. I should take my Wii U with me because I feel like I'm going to have a lot of just like weird downtime at night during that week when I can't work anymore and I'm just in a house that's like a weird mausoleum. <laughs> My own weird mausoleum. <laughs> yeah. What better place to play Breath of the Wild than in your own tomb? <laughs> wow. Wouldn't that be great if, like, you just got to play all the video games you didn't have time to play while you were alive? I did a podcast about this recently. Oh, yeah? Um, I was on a podcast called Final Games, mm. and the premise is that you're stuck on an island by yourself, um, and you, you choose, I think it was seven games that this is all you get to do for the rest of your life. I see. Um, and, um, also Huni pop, uh, huh. Huni pop special edition. Uh-huh. Yeah. You gotta have this two separate games. <laughs> Huni pop two. Got- it's different skews. Count. Uh, yeah. <laughs> different skewny pops. Um, and, and so like I, I was, this isn't what I ended up doing. Uh, but like I was tempted, like coming up with this, Coming up with this list was like actually kind of like kind of put me in a dark place Why? Uh, because I was just envisioning like being like what kind of self-care is this gym like the socially isolated gym going to need. Oh, gym, you not like a yeah. like some sort of like training facility on this island. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like what what what. A, and just like thinking it through to the extent of like putting myself in that place was like kind of depressing. It was kind of like, fuck, this is a profound act of violence that this man has done to me. Yeah. Um, Cause you want to maybe pick a game that where there's somebody that will just like be nice to you. Yeah. And that's not a thing that happens in a lot of video games. What about the most dangerous game since you're on an Island after all? Uh, there's no other, it's, 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 the idea is that it's socially isolated. You can, mm. um, is there internet? Can you play internet connected games? That was one of the, this is a weird edge case that I think is like a, it's, it was a strange choice, but like apparently this is like, I was on episode like 48 or something. So they've put a lot of thought into this. Right. Multiplayer is allowed, but you can't talk to anybody. What? So you could play world of Warcraft. You, you could play, you could chat. You okay. could play. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. That is so okay. A weird restriction. Uh, what about mods? Can you download mods? That was something that's yeah. You can you can have mods. You oh, can man. have mod. Well, that makes. I mean, that makes. You can a, have mod tools. That makes a couple things. Yeah. Real obvious choices. Yeah. Right? Like Minecraft. 
Yeah, Minecraft. Minecraft Sky- is like every game, right? Because it's Turing Minecraft complete. and Skyrim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um. <clears throat> of, did I tell you I played some Minecraft? No, I played some. I played some recently ish. Oh yeah. Hmm. I I went to now. Download it and just couldn't. Okay. So like I don't know what the fuck. Like I just I, I was able to log into my Minecraft account, but it had no knowledge of my having owned minecraft so i just bought it again i'm like man i don't i don't fucking know what is true anymore it should last forever you bought yeah i know i bought it in the alpha or whatever right like when it before the price went up um i was excited about the like adventure mode stuff that i had read about okay um and then i i went and like did some searching for what what are some good adventure mode maps to play? And I downloaded some of the better ones. And A, it's pretty big. It is not that big of a pain in the ass to get them working if you know how a computer works. Mm-hmm. But it's like, they still have not made this such that you can play it without... I mean, this... I, I think that for kids now, getting Minecraft shit working is is the equivalent of our like learning how config sys and auto exec bat worked <laughs> to get games running right like they're they're like it like indirectly and kind of obliquely learning things about computers by having to jump through the hoops that you have to jump through to get like a minecraft mod installed or whatever what uh what do you have to do uh well so to get an adventure mode map playing uh, you don't really have to do anything except know where your world saves are okay. and just drag. They're they're made so that you just download them from like the sketchiest fucking websites. That like their <laughs> Minecraft websites are are the most like malware and ad ridden right. shitholes since trying to look up lyrics in the <laughs> in the days before Google Play. Right. Uh, so the it's it's just like a, a zip or a rar file or whatever with a directory in it that you just the directory is the name of the map and you drag it into your worlds folder and then you start a single player game of Minecraft and just load that world. Um, so there's not much to that. The problem is these things are a tremendous amount of work that you don't get paid for that then are regularly broken when they update Minecraft and the creators have relatively little incentive to make them work. Because they're not cool anymore, you know, because everybody played them when they were right. contemporary. So most of the ones that I downloaded just didn't work. Because because they were no longer compatible. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, some of them, it's like, well, is this a weird, confusing avant-garde thing? Or is this just busted? And it seemed like, right. no, it's probably just busted uh, in a lot of cases. So I didn't actually get to do any cool... Because uh. what I desperately want is just a, like basic ass Dungeons and Dragons game in the Minecraft engine. Like I want to just like fucking level up Hmm. and kill goblins and shit and explore places that are at the scale of a Minecraft world. Uh, You know, you know what I mean? Like the, the, like how big are things in the world relative to how big a person is or whatever. Like, I just really want some like not, I want some uninspired insipid fantasy genre fiction ass shit which is i kind of believe what minecraft's actual content should have been in the first place rather than the weird the weird choices that they made the villagers and stuff yeah i mean because i i think that honestly to the experience of playing minecraft the actual creative content of minecraft was pretty irrelevant and so it could have been better And it wouldn't have changed anything except that I would think it was better. Right. You know? And so what I really... I got to thinking about this because I was thinking about, like, 
Spelunky. Like Spelunky is very is similar to Minecraft, I think, in a lot of ways because the authored content of it is a very small portion of what makes it good. But the authored content of Spelunky is just sort of like really elemental, established sort of, you know, imperialist adventure genre fiction. And it just makes it so you know what everything is and everything is is cool. And, you you know, you can apply an arbitrary amount of excitement systemically to those things. But it's grounded in something that's just like, oh, that's cool. I'm in a mine. Oh, that's cool. I'm in a cave. cave, That's cool. I'm in a, you know, I'm in a, I'm in an old temple or whatever. Whereas spaceship (laughs) Minecraft just got weirder. And like it just I didn't I never none of the creative choices that they made about like what stuff was ever resonated with me so there's the so there's the nether and there's the end and then there's all the villagers like there's there's definitely some weird yeah the villager the so the fact that you you begin filling up an experience bar by killing monsters yeah and what that experience bar is used for is enchanting items right <laughs> 50 hours later right <laughs> like that it that is just that is ridiculous it's that is a strange. ridiculous choice yeah and and like I really was what I'm excited about with like the 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 idea in my head of what adventure mode allows people to do is what if this but good like right. what if there was Minecraft with content that was more just like you would expect like just a generic genre fiction video game that takes place in the Minecraft world but that's not what anybody wants right and that's not what there is out there. It's like the 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 highest rated thing was like it's a uh, Hero Brian's mansion. I'm like okay, so this is like this is like tapping into a culture that I'm will never be a part of. Right. But also when it starts it's just like I think it just inserts you into a place that you're not supposed to be able to get to. It just like there's not a mansion here, but what there is is just like a giant conglomeration of redstone circuits that are clearly not meant for me to be traversing them. Huh. <laughs> uh, and so it's uh, like, I'm not sure what exactly was wrong with that one, but. Uh, There's a thing that uh, Dan Bob's been playing, and I don't remember the name of it, uh, but it is. You start off in a like one by one or two by two, maybe like area, and there's just force fields in every direction. And except for maybe up and down. And every time you get an achievement, it opens up the space by like half a brick. And so the whole game is like figuring out how to open up the Uh, space and like fill out the whole achievement tree in this very constrained kind of situation. Mm. And it looks really cool. I've Uh, heard of a similar, a similar format of it that, that where it starts you on like a, Two by two island of dirt just hovering in the air miles above anything, and you have like one tree sapling in your inventory and hmm. and and the goal is yeah, to go from go from that almost nothingness to and there's other game. islands that you can make your way to eventually once you've like grown enough wood. So you grow, yeah. so you grow trees, yeah. then you can cut them down to make wood, which and, is and other saplings, and other saplings, right, which yeah. then just lasts can, for like you yeah. can that is renewable and can you can do whatever you want with. Yeah, yeah. The idea of playing uh, a game of Minecraft where it was you did not harm any bricks that were not renewable mm-hmm. would be kind of interesting. I always wanted to do a multiplayer server project where everyone 
got a like 10 by 10 area of brick of 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 blocks that was infinitely you you had it all the way down to bedrock and you just made whatever the most impressive thing that you could make out of just the stuff that was in that 10 by 10 space so you'd have to you'd have to drill it out and then build something on top of it at, at probably at ground level or whatever but hmm. but like you'd mostly just have rock right and earth and you know Neat. Maybe you could convince some sheep to, there's like to wander onto it. Five different kinds of rock now. Yeah, and there's a lot of different like colors of clay and stuff. Yeah. And there's different different biomes. I spent a lot of time just wandering through worlds flying in creative mode, just oh. seeing the new generation stuff, and it's all it's, you know, it's cool. It's like still it's it, the algorithm is good again. I feel like it was not for a while. It something that I do think makes it suffer a little bit for me is the amount of ground clutter is really really high like a lot of grass and stuff yeah which just makes it so you can't see as far Hmm. and i think that 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 harms it a little bit i mean also me having been much older and having already experienced the majesty of like uh, seeing a minecraft world open up in front of me for the first time like there's a lot of really awesome stuff underground too just those i mean the the huge caverns and chasms that are like super tall and yeah. waterfalls and lava yeah. falls and stuff that you just the, wouldn't necessarily see the generated abandoned mines and stuff yeah yeah like those i like as parts of the existing content there it sounds like there are some uh there's like underwater temples and stuff. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's also neat. apparently yeah. very rarely there are these like woodland mansions that are these giant sprawling complexes filled with rooms. And I was doing it on creative mode. I just like found a seed that has one that you could run to pretty fast. Uh, apparently they have just these incredibly dangerous enemies in them oh, that huh. just look like villagers. The whole the villages were so disappointing. Yeah, villages yeah. are super disappointing. The algorithm for the buildings is really bad and the fact that they they're just kind of dumb yeah and the if if they i wonder if they fixed it but the villagers the villages used to have a real bad ai problem that caused all the villagers to basically gravitate to one corner of the village (laughs) you'd have all your dudes would be in like would be hanging out and around just one building in the corner of the place and everyone else everywhere else was empty And I mean, luckily, it didn't matter because the dudes didn't do anything cool or fun. Well, eventually you could trade emeralds to them for cool stuff. But yeah, that was about Uh, it. Yeah. So I guess you can't you can get maps that tell you the location of like the the rare spawn temples and stuff. Yeah, That's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah. Were you were you done with your games, Jim? I just kind of oh yeah, yeah. accidentally uh, no, I uh, Minecraft. I, I I feel like I covered the stuff I uh, that I played. I um I bought on uh, on the they were talking about it on Crate and Crowbar. Um, Chris Thurston was talking about Bayonetta a lot, which came out mm-hmm. on PC recently and is pretty cheap because it's old, right? Yeah, it's it's five or six years old, I think. Huh? Maybe it's, and it's just recently ported to PC. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. I had no i I had no idea. Have you played it, Riff? No, but I've I've watched a bunch of it. It's I mean it's like Devil May Cry yeah. combat wise. It's just this crazy frenetic, like very difficult to tell what's going on, like melee and shooting. I, I played like an hour of it, and like thematically, it's one of those like oh, it's very anime tinged, but uh, also very like what if anime was crazy? Yeah, <laughs> um, if, in the in the same <laughs> you're way watching that the wrong anime. <laughs> yeah, in the same way that um, 
Metal Gear Solid mm. is. I have not. I have like zero idea whatsoever of what any Metal Gear stuff is like at all, other than like Metal Gear One on the NES, which I played as a kid. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you like, I don't know. I don't know what what. I don't know if you would like want to make the time for this, but I really enjoyed the first two hours of Metal Gear Solid Five. I thought it was like really just. Is that the big open world one where you're? Yeah, but it was before I got to the open world part. Like oh, the I first. See. Like the directed first hour, the linear first hour, hour and a half or so was like mm. really entertaining to me. And maybe that'll and be then, on a Steam sale someday or something. And the open world stuff like seemed like it would be good, but I just didn't like it. The, the systems weren't, they were clearly like polished, but they weren't something that I wanted to spend a lot of time engaging with. I, I worry sometimes that, the, that because I played Red Faction Guerrilla, that that's my, that's my one of those just for forever. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, because, like I tried to, I tried to pick up a just cause, which is the other thing that's like that, that everybody says is great. And I was like, eh, you know, this, like I just, I kind of feel like I've done this and there's nothing about this that is like so amazing that it's better than my memory of playing red faction gorilla. So like sure. an open world just destroy uh, stuff, grappling hooks and gliders. Yeah. But that's a really fun way to traverse a world. Yeah. Bayonetta is I, like, Chris Thurston's description of it, like, I guess I, what I can recommend is listen to that episode of the Creighton Crowbar, which is the one that came out right before this, because he, it's, I remember seeing stuff about Bayonetta and thinking, like, that's just a gross, like, hypersexualized female protagonist. And then, like, afterwards, a bunch of people sort of, like, taking up the mantle of, like, I don't know, feminist Bayonetta cosplay. Like, it seemed like, oh, maybe this was actually, like, woke in some weird way. It's, it's definitely and not, like, hypersexualized in the way that women are usually hypersexualized. Yeah. It's, there's nothing, it, it uses a lot of the tropes of, like, your, uh, your blizzard succubus or whatever, but it does it in a way that's, like, not, not, like, intended to arouse men. Huh. It seems th then th that makes the parts of it that are like that, like your crazy critical moves involve all of your clothes disappearing. That's actually your hair, Zach. Well, oh, wait, was your hair always your clothes? Yes. Okay. So that's how that's justified. It's yeah. Well, so it's like right. the character in Middle Gear Solid that yeah. like breathes yeah, through her skin. So right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so anyway, it's Quite that's real justified. stupid. Uh, but but that that honestly is the only thing that feels like it's meant to to it's be just like eye candy like the rest of it is like no this is just this character that's like a weird campy it it feels more like but the, i mean the whole design of the character yeah is... it feels more like a drag show than it does like mm -hmm. than it does like a yeah. you know yeah and like the the music is like runway like runway model music it it does feel very much like that it's just th these these like insane bombastic set pieces. The world kind of makes no sense. It's it's like a weird like kind of like underworld movies sort sort except you're fighting angels. It's yeah. like, like I don't know. It uh, it's I I think there's definitely a genre of Japanese fiction that is just like let's do weird stuff with Christian mythology. Yeah, which I fucking love. Sure, like I I feel like. Christian mythology and the language of the King James Bible specifically is just so it like it just 
bristles with cultural connotations in a way that makes it really easy to use it to create drama and yeah. and and heft yeah. to things in fiction and i man i fucking love it so much that and yeah. christopher walken gave us the prophecy so yeah yeah <laughs> I, I know i've told you this before but uh i the i know the guy the guy who played the corpse of the general that they're fighting over mm. in the prophecy is the is the father of a buddy of mine from high school <laughs> um he just happened to know somebody who was like, hey, we're trying to cast this corpse and we just need a bald guy. <laughs> Can you act real dead? <laughs> yeah. So he just he wasn't even credited. But huh. was, so, I mean, maybe he was just lying. Sure. Maybe. Yeah, but probably. Well, it's probably an IMDb. Speaking part, usually. Yeah. Uh, was the prophecy any good? I don't remember. I watched oh, it when I was in high school. And it, yeah? yeah. That does, that does yeah, not answer okay. the question. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. I haven't in seen it, so I, I can't weigh in. Um, I also I tweeted about this the other day, but Seed I played a I played a cool Twine game called Seed Ship, which is I don't know that I think that it is a well designed game, but it was fun to play it a bunch of times because it was fun to just see what different things could happen. Uh, it you you are the AI of a ship that contains like a thousand cryo frozen humans that are the last of humanity. And you are traveling from star to star, scanning planets to see if they are like habitable. And that the time, the narrative time between turns is often thousands of years. Um, because as you get to different planets, um, and you've got a bunch of like sensors that all are like have a repair level of a hundred percent when you start out and a few other things. And, Every every jump you make from planet to planet has a pretty good chance of damaging something. You're making decisions about what to damage and making decisions about what kind of risks to take. And you occasionally get to upgrade some of your scanners. Like there's there's one that tells you whether what kind of atmosphere a planet has, and you can upgrade that so that it only finds planets with at least a marginally breathable atmosphere. And so it is this kind of game where you are eventually just going to get destroyed right so eventually you have to pick a planet to settle and when you pick a planet to settle all of the attributes of the planet and the things that have happened to the different systems and how many of your colonists are still alive or whatever determine the sort of story that gets told about this is what humanity is now and so it's like they'll get a technology level and if there are native creatures on the planet with a higher technology level than them they end up just being enslaved or or genocided by the native creatures like if you land them on a planet without any metal they end up like stuck in a neolithic culture and and like that's just what you know if there are hostile animals on the planet then the animals will kill them and then that's just the end of humanity that way sometimes you end up in like a weird like i don't know religious like an oppressive religious monarchy or whatever and it's just it takes 10 minutes to play a game of it and then you just kind of have this leaderboard that's like this is what happened to this this is what happened to humanity this time and there just seemed to be a lot of different ways for it to turn out and uh, all of them bad i never found a great one the, the best that i wound up with was like an atomic age uh corrupt capitalist democracy so so our, our so yeah kind of world. Yeah. although so, i don't know we're slightly pat we're I think of Atomic Age as being like the fifties, the sixties, and yeah. Uh, I mean, we're still now we're fucking around with information atoms, age. right? Yeah, 
I guess. I guess everything is the atomic age. Even the Iron Age was just the age of iron atoms. <laughs> you know, I didn't like iron atoms in uh, Julia and Julia, but I really did like her in Arrival. <laughs> iron Adams is her wrestler name. Right. <laughs> you know, like that guy, Amy Sheik, <laughs> who plays that character, <laughs> the Iron Sheik. In the <laughs> uh that's it, though, actually, other than a lot of Hearthstone and a lot of West of Loathing. Yeah. That's, I've definitely been playing a lot of West of Loathing lately. It's uh, pretty good. It's a fun game. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to someday let other people play this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious what your playthrough is going to be like, Jim, when you don't read anything. There's, there's, <laughs> I, there's a fair bit of reading involved yeah, to like, make like, sense of anything that's going on. And, a lot, and almost all the... like. The best jokes are written down. Oh, you fuckers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why would you do that? It's <laughs> who we voice are. Anything. Did it just for you? No, fair enough. It's also who I am. So, like, yeah. it's pretty dumb. Yeah. Like, you don't I, have to play test it if you I've want been, to. I've or been, play it ever. No, I, I want to. It's just, I want to play this game. It sounds great. It sounds like it's got a lot of really funny written jokes. It does. That is the truth. I mean, a lot of them are like one sentence dialogues that pop up as you're walking past something or yeah, whatever. That, so I, can, get, I can totally handle that. Yeah, you'll get some of those. There's, there's, some, there's some deep cuts. The text <laughs> is not super long yeah. in general. Yeah. Like we, we're we not like a lore dump kind of company. Yeah, no, you're right. Avoid the shaggy dog cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the some of the partner dialogues. <laughs> But it's never, I mean, a conversation is never usually more than like two or three back and forths. Like, yeah, that's and, unless it's, unless it is a joke, a, a line or two, in which case yeah. it, it like, it like it, if you want to out. enforce that, I can help. <laughs> yeah. I like, mean, if, if that's something that like, if you're really, if you're worried about like making concision. sure that the pacing, the writing, pacing of the writing is always pretty snappy. Like I, I will definitely give you some very sure. skewed feedback on that. Yeah, that's great. Takes all kinds. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me. We need to add an ignore this category to the feedback tracker. <laughs> <laughs> the feedback tracker, which you don't have. Lol. Oh, also, that reminds me. We need to make a feedback tracker. Yeah. Uh, what have you played, Riff? Uh, nothing much new. <clears throat> I, uh, I traded some Arabian Pokemon butterflies for the last two difficult-to-get mythical Pokemon I needed. And I rebooted my old Tamagotchi. That's about it. You, re- you rebooted it, it like, like a nineties like one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It rebooted in the terms of like the old battery it had in it was no longer functional, so I put a new battery in it. Started Did those just new, run on like a watch a battery? Egg. Yeah, like one of the big nickel sized ones. Yeah. Had it had the your Tamagotchi like survived this whole time? Up until the battery died? Uh, they don't typically, like, I think the most you can really get a Tamagotchi to survive for is, like, a month. They they have a lifespan, even if you take care of them perfectly. Okay. Because you're supposed to go through, like, multiple generations. But, uh, you get better at it? I think it's stronger. Not, well, okay, so, I, the Tamagotchis that I'm familiar with are, are pretty old. I, I guess that the newer models allow you to like literally breed them together to to make different looking guys but the the ones that i remember are it, there's a list of like a dozen or maybe 16 different guys that you can end up with and so 
depend and you get different ones depending on how you treat the uh, how how you treat them when they're young and so the the purpose of the lifespan is just to keep giving to you see the new ones endings. yeah so that you can see the different endings that makes sense yeah so what's the uh, I, I'm, I so I've I've seen a bunch of like Tamagotchi's in progress. I never actually had one. What's the end game like? Do you just like wake up one day and there's this big skull and crossbones on the screen? Uh, almost literally, yeah. Well, wow. There, okay. <laughs> the, the, you'll see like I I I I can't remember if it was like a skull or a little grave or what, but yeah, and there'll be like a little a little ghost of your Tamagotchi Aww. floating there. <laughs> <laughs> And then That's there's cute. like a button combination you push to to be given a new egg. And then it, it'll have in, uh, uh, at least the one I've got, has in the menus, you can, uh, you can pull up like a list of the previous generations so you can see what you had previously. Huh. Well, are you, are you becoming a more responsible pet owner by learning stuff about these Tamagotchis? Uh... I was doing okay for a while, but this morning I slept in and and uh, the entire screen was full of poop and the guy was kind of unhappy. <laughs> is is there a poop cleaning mini game? It's not a mini game. There's just a, a menu selection and a button you push. Icon looks like a little toilet and you push it and it like a wave of water sweeps across the screen. <laughs> and probably your Pokemon is poisoned from having been rolling around in shit all morning so you have to you have to inject it with medicine a couple of times oh man this is definitely more involved than I had imagined mm. is it a Pokemon or like is oh, Tamagotchi did, a did I did family? I say Pokemon no it's uh, Tamagotchi is uh, it's its own it's a whole separate yeah it's, I think own, you just it's have own a breed of little guys you just have a taxonomy where everything in the world is a certain kind of Pokemon. Well, yeah, is, I mean, your car is a big is, metal is, Pokemon. This <laughs> one is literally a monster in your pocket, right? Like right. this is. So that's it's not a monster, isn't it? Though I, I think I think Nintendo has like divested themselves from the pocket monster branding. Do you ever? They still use it in Japan, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you ever like find out that your Tamagotchi is like racist, and <laughs> you have to decide whether you want to like just give it a little too much medicine on purpose. That, that might be, right that might be in the new ones because the new ones actually have uh, the full color LCD screens. So Oh, so they can they can be different so maybe, races. Yeah, maybe they can be racist now. I don't okay. know. I actually ordered a I ordered a new uh, one of the, the newer ones, like the last one that they made that they put out in English, which was like 2010 or something. So when that gets here, I'll, I'll compare them and report back. I thought the reason that they were imported in the first place is because there was no text on them. I thought it was all just like iconic UI. Um, well, certainly like the early Tamagotchi's like, way, yeah. like no. the, the resolution just wouldn't be high enough to have. Yeah, right. You would really just have all they'd have to do is localize the manual. Yeah. Which I think it'd be more fun if you didn't read the manual. <laughs> right. Yeah. I like mean, uh, like, a, uh, like Neko Atsume. Neko Atsume. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, lost all appeal once it was localized yeah like i i I've, I've seen people playing the game like saw people playing the game after the localization who just like didn't rename their cats like they would have the the default english puns pun names and wouldn't name them something funny themselves like what's the point of even playing this game mm. and then like a lot of it was realizing that 
like each cat has a power level, which is a joke, like on the part of the developer. Um, but the joke at that as a joke is less interesting than the mystery of like wondering what this weird number is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty classic, like, D- you can divide up w- how people approach video games by whether they're the kind of person that immediately lost interest in Nico Atsumi after it was localized. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're obviously right. We're obviously the sophisticates here, Jim. No, yeah, That's yeah. Right. Although you have to be kind of an idiot to play it in the first place. <laughs> so let's let's be honest. What about you, Kevin? I never played Nico Atsumi. Mm, it's because you're smarter Nico, than you're smarter Nico than both of us. Uh, I have not really played Combined. a whole lot of things because I was at the conference. Uh, play some Hearthstone. I did play some Hearthstone. It's so good. So I went through probably about a week or so of kind of I wouldn't say despair, but I was I was really unhappy because once the when the new expansion came out, everything was thrown into disarray, and there was like a day or two it was like pretty fun because nobody really knew. What, what was going to be good or bad or whatever and not like there was still a b- bunch of gaps in cards and so you, you never knew what you were going to be up against. So we're not talking about Hearthstone we're talking about the <clears throat> concept of a living the evolution game. of a meta game over time. Yeah. Okay. Just before you Yeah. What? I, I wasn't going to Before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh and I think I I became more pleased once I had like the the meta sort of settled out a little bit, and I you know made some choices about what kinds of things I wanted to play, and uh, have been enjoying it a lot more since then. Um, and I like I discovered how to play a freeze mage, and that is a fascinating uh, exercise because it. Basically, you basically ignore what your opponent does, kind of. You like just, it's just stalling until you get the right card combination. And then if you haven't died by that point, you win. Yeah. Which I was like, whoa. And I had never played one before, so I had never understood what they were doing when they were playing against me. And so that was kind of instructive and, and interesting. Um, it, I feel like after this expansion came out, there was a minute where the meta settled into kind of a series of local maxima that everybody was like, oh, these are super overpowered and busted and this sucks. How could it be like this? Like it did last time with like the pirate warrior thing. Cause it was like, this seems unfair how good this is and really bad. It's still pretty strong, but it's not just like unbeatable, right? Like people, the people have devised hard counters to it and that has made it. So it in turn, like becomes less popular when there is a chance that you're going to run into a hard counter for it, right? Like yeah. they're, they're just things about the way a metagame evolves, no matter what it is. And I think the same thing happened here, but everybody was so hand wringy about there's that fucking that polygon article about Hearthstone requires players to spend too much money in order to have a chance of winning with this new expansion. They finally they finally gotten greedy in their shitheads. Now. It does feel like they've gotten greedy, honestly. Does it? Yeah, because I was, I really liked the fact that they, before now, used to alternate between a set price adventure, which was a lot of fun single player content and just a, like a guaranteed set of cards. And then, yeah. Uh, and then, and then alternate big, between that with, and the like, cards, yeah. the like arbitrary spend. And now it's just all arbitrary. Like it's going to be three arbitrary spend situations a year, which I think is going to be way too much money for people. Yeah. And I think they're going to lose players in droves this year because of this choice they might make more money 
for a while, but then it's, yeah, I think it's I'm, cur- I'm curious. I, I can still give them the benefit of the doubt and say that that decision to stop doing those single player things was not motivated by wanting to make more money. I think it was just, because they there was less of them last year than the year before. Well, no, it's just, it and, alternated every. It was just every other one. Well, but because of the because there was an odd number right. of expansions per year, yeah. like that. But I I think that there, I I think that it was too much work to make those good. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I think that coming up coming up with novel like entirely new game modes in that engine just got too hard. That that is my feeling about it. That's because like charitable because it, it feels they, because a lot they kind like of ran out of they kind of have seemingly run out of ideas for tavern brawls too, mm. and also like they they get a lot of that kind of stuff out of their system in a way that's much more easy to test than anything that people have to spend twenty bucks on, you know. Yes, you know I don't know I I also like the single player adventures were like my favorite thing about the game. Yeah, and I'm sad that they're gone, but I don't I don't know I like. It just seems like that part of it kind of ran its course to me rather than a, they decided to focus their energy on stuff that would make more money. Because Blizzard, I don't think, has ever really... Like, they've never had to do that. They've never had to make decisions based on profitability because they just got... You know, they did a real good job making money early on. But we don't really know what their financials are like. And it's it's also sure. Activision Blizzard now, right? So there's like... There's a little yeah, bit more I mean, corporate pressure to... To be profitable. Yeah, you know, they they have said there wasn't in the, you know, well, they and, said there's and no I, direct interference. As long as, as long as WoW is making as the amount of money that it is, they pretty much got left alone. That well, was, that was a couple of years ago. That was a couple of years ago. It was making ago. more money than it probably is now, too. Sure. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like nothing, nothing has happened that has made it so I don't trust them, you know? And I'm, I'm, I've got sort of a raised eye. So, because the, of this change. A, a thing that they did that, that made people sad is instead of every class having like two legendary cards that are just like creatures that you can play in this set, they did one and then the other class legendary was a quest, which is like an entirely new game mechanic thing. Like you, it's a one mana card that starts in your opening hand. You play it and you have this set of criteria that you have to meet. And then it gives you as a reward for meeting that criteria, a really overpowered card that you can play. And the fact that those were at legendary rarity Mm-hmm. And that you see them a lot because a lot of people are playing with them because they're real cool and fun made a lot of people real salty. Yep. That uh, so they had said something about having some single player content in the expansion. And I was like, oh, of course, what they'll do is those will be the rewards for the nine little right. class quests. But they always, but they always said that that was going to be starting after this set. Oh, did they? Yeah, I didn't. Hear, I didn't remember that. Yeah, or I didn't hear um, that. Yeah, I mean, th- this I think would have been better. That I like, I don't think that putting these in at that rarity was a bad idea. But I think they they probably should have and probably did anticipate that there were going to be a lot of people who were sad about it. I mean, right. y- you know, if you keep playing, I don't know. This is easy for me to say because I just spend a bunch of money on it and I don't care. You know, I don't yeah. like that money's just going to get stolen by hackers because my bank password is one two three ABC. Oh, mine's ABC one two three. Oh, okay. Cool. We should swap. Like It'd be password, more secure. Password brothers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like th- everything always heralds doom and gloom 
everything is always the the last fucking straw. Everything is always the fucking canary in the coal mine for, ah, that's it, these guys are evil now. And it has always been so. And it's like, there are so many... F- the internet is just a machine for false positive canaries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same with Nintendo. How many <laughs> How many decades has it been that people have been shouting that, oh, Nintendo's dead now, Every every single thing they do. Yeah. I finally heard a uh, a good business case for why they discontinued the NES Classic. Why is that? Well, it's, this is just a hypothesis, but the hypothesis uh, is that since the Switch did unexpectedly well, they didn't want uh, to cannibalize virtual console sales. Mm. Mm. The guy, I thought the giant bomb guys were hypothesizing that there just wouldn't be virtual console on the Switch. Which seems crazy yeah, to I, me. That seems but, really yeah, unlikely. Seems, yeah. Yeah. That'd be real surprising. Did, I saw an announcement of a, a Super NES classic, but I don't know if it was real or not. That sounds like a fan work to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that's something that everybody wants. So, like, why would they make it? Yeah, stupid, dumb Nintendo. <laughs> they're never going to stay in business for 200 oh years. Oh, my God. They're <laughs> so fucking good at business. <laughs> uh, uh, do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Yeah, let's talk about this game. <laughs> or did you have any other games to talk about before? No, not nothing, so, okay. nothing of important. Uh, go ahead. So, wait, the assignment so is Ukulele. Ukulele. Yeah, which uh, was a kickstarted game made by the Banjo-Kazooie team. Yep. And they promised... A, a revitalization of the 3D platformer, the Nintendo 64 era 3D platformer. Yeah. And they made several million dollars? Yeah, it was like two and a half million pounds. Ooh. That's very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was part of the that problem. That probably was sink the, the yeah, yeah, every, <laughs> yep. yeah, it was all <laughs> mini games. All that weight was mini games. Uh, yeah, that, so... So describe describe the game to me, a person who's never played it or seen <laughs> even one second of footage of it. You haven't actually looked at... Nope. Wow. I'm sorry. I thought it'd be it's, funny. It, it oh, is funny. It, man. It's pretty funny. You... Uh, Zach, you should you should look at it just a little bit, just so that you can understand how much I hate the character voices. The the first ten <laughs> minutes or so are real, real bad riff. Like, it, it gets a little bit better after that, but then it kind of stays bad. Do they still <laughs> use the same voices? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that is throughout the whole thing, and it's really annoying. <laughs> oh, but did they at least like do the thing that most games do, where the voice, the VO gets sparser and sparser as the game no, goes it's, by? No, it's they, not VO. It's right. it's like procedurally generated sound. It's it's oh. gibberish. Well, it's and, not uh, this is something procedurally generated. They recorded each guy saying three things. Like no, seriously, ag- that, that's actually what ugh. it is. Oh, like, and they string them together. <laughs> that's disgusting and dumb. Why is it? Why is well, it not just proce- like? procedurally generated well, that right. made that, way more that, sense man, well it, it's like, so oh it's so bad so i actually have some some insight into this cuz I, I replicated this process for frog fractions okay like if you if you remember what the uh, little dudes who pop up in the corner oh, yeah. sound like mm-hmm. it's the same thing okay um what i did for that game was uh i you you record like discrete chunks of gibberish and then, um, like, clip them to like uh, where the where the silence ends is exactly where that sound ends, and then you just play all those sounds randomly, selecting one, mm-hmm. um, at, w- randomly selecting one each time the the last one ends. Right, but what and you so, did was make it so the exact end of that sound file was like you didn't have space between those syllables. 
the way mm. it does in this. So it sounds like it sounds like saying someone saying oop ack ug <laughs> instead of it instead I didn't of notice it, this problem instead I of it blurring it together like, I, like, like, like I literally thought it was like just <laughs> oh. machine generated noises oh man it's so bad uh. <laughs> what kind of video game is it I mean it's a 3D platformer it's a machine generated noise game uh, this is a game um, where you uh, it have you played any 3D platformers? I played Psychonauts. <laughs> yeah, so like, it's, it's like there's some there's some similarity there. Like in Psychonauts, you're running around these worlds and you're collecting baubles and you're doing like you're t- talking to characters and doing quests for them. Yep. Um, and it's it's very like in Psychonauts when you talk to somebody they have something interesting to say, mm-hmm. which is not usually <laughs> like, the case. In- uh-huh. Yeah, nothing yeah, about like, nothing just, about the running around the world is what was good about Psychonauts. Just. No, agreed. Um, no, the world design. The world design was, was fine. Amazing. Yeah, looking at it was yeah, was good. Yeah. But not, there were some really good levels in not the game. jumping yeah. and stuff. So by contrast, I think the jumping in this game is actually pretty good. Okay, I think not, it's. I'm pre- not a fan. Well, you played it with a keyboard, right? So <laughs> so I don't get to talk. <laughs> uh, that's something that like I think probably like I hadn't even conceived of as possible, um, it, it, and I'm surprised it's supported at all. It's barely supported. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't. That, that sounds about. You right. say that. One of the buttons was mapped to one of the so, face buttons was mapped to escape. B, so you B just is couldn't. mapped to escape, and escape is also to bring up the menu. Yeah, and in a couple of situations, uh, like the the preferences menu or whatever, a couple of situations it brings up the preferences menu but does not actuate B. So you are just stuck at a choice: yes or no. You can't answer no. You have to answer yes. What? It's real dumb. <laughs> It's like that. That's very, very like. Let's half-ass like, yeah, half-ass this implementation, and no one ever and tested it. You cannot because they didn't have keys. There's no way to remap yeah. keys in the game. Oh my god! Yeah, like god. I, I totally believe that this is exactly the sort of thing that would happen. Like, what we're putting out a PC game, we've got to have some keyboard support at all. Or oh man, and like it's you can tell it's just so slapped on because I like there's like places in the game where they will tutorialize and tell you, oh, you use these buttons to move around, but because it's keys on the keyboard, it's like, use up, down, W, A, left shift, was D. Like, it's just like, it's just like a <laughs> string of like 18 different keys because those are all involved in moving around right. or whatever. Oh, yep. so bad. So bad. Yeah. yeah, no, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, don't do that. If the game's bad enough already if you don't do that, dude. <laughs> Come on. Like, this, this is a game that like, the core is there, the core of like running around a cute cartoon world. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple worlds in there that are pretty decent. Uh, I think there's I like saw the first two. I didn't get beyond the ice. Yeah. So I, I think like the overworld's okay. And I think the, the, the like, mansion in the outside world. Yeah. Like the, the, especially I, I liked mansion. the, the pirate ship that Yooka El live in a lot. Sure. Is it structured like. Super Mario 64, where yeah. there's like a like a building that is the level select. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although, like it, and Banjo Kazooie had this problem too. Is like a lot more of a, a mess in terms of layout and thematic coherence, where like it's you eventually learn the connections between rooms, but you're just like going from one room to the next, and you have to remember like the, how to get to each world in this maze. Whereas in Mario 64, the 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 castle layout was a lot more um coherent and like it didn't feel like a maze in, in, that was taking the place of a level selector mm-hmm. um they gate a lot of things by having access to certain moves right and they they do that to like probably a 
detrimental extent where like you expect to have certain moves, especially if you're a veteran of the series. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, they they break the fourth wall constantly. Yeah, this is so like the, it the it's like the style of humor is very like gross British humor kind of is stuff. That what it is okay. like like it's a it's a it's a well maybe I'm just thinking of the rare house style. Um, and like, like I, where, where the, Diddy Kong is like suck my dick, I'm Diddy Kong. <laughs> you should write that series. That would okay. be great. <laughs> Nintendo should, yeah, like, revive the D- Diddy Kong Racing series. Um, I, is Diddy Kong the old the old man? No, Diddy Kong's the, the small monkey. Oh, okay. So who is, like, so I don't think is to, actually related to... you to voice in a higher pitch. Right, yeah. I'll just, we'll do it in post. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, so what if I just record, suck... My dick <laughs> as three separate phonemes, and then just string all of those together, no matter what they're saying on the. Yep, I, I think you've, I think you've got it. Dick I kind of want to do some v- <laughs> kind of want to do some of this. Must have looked. No. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a really fun aesthetic. Um, that that sort of like gibberish talking, like, and it's it's a it's a way to like. This is something I did a lot in Frog Fractions was just like come up with like big pools of easy to create content just mm-hmm. just to have a lot of variety for stuff. Um and so I got I just got a bunch of friends to like make gibberish noises into a microphone. I I um, like I like it a lot when it's musical like in Mm-hmm. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Example. Oh yeah. yeah, I knew you were going to say that. That's I how they do it in the, Animal like, Crossing. Either. In the, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I hated in Animal Crossing. I liked it in Nice the Old Republic, where okay. all they... the all the aliens oh. just talk in hmm. in that sort of. I'm like, oh, that's really clever. Like that's a way for them to get a lot of get a lot of spoken dialogue without having to record a lot of VO, which is always a thing I want. Games have less fucking VO so that there can just be more game. Are the people who speak English, are they fully voiced? Yeah, they are, yeah. Okay. And there's a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. So the problem with this game, like, I think the core loop is good. The problem is that they were just way too ambitious. They really, really were. Like, like scope creep is, like, insane in this game. I, I, I think what... Like, I think there were a number of factors. One of them is that, like, if you look... I, I was going back to the Kickstarter and looking at, like... The, the list of stretch, stretch goals they had, you can go down the list and say like, oh, this added nothing, this added nothing, this made the game way worse. Oh, wow. That like, just the fact that like, they couldn't cut that stuff, like, we're not going to be able to do a good job at this, so let's just not do it, right. and the game's going to be better. They couldn't do that because it was a promise they made. Um, and on top of that, like, especially for a team that is recreating like, Let's relive the good old days at Rare. At Rare, they basically had infinite money, infinite time and money to get things right, like to polish what was everything they were doing. Um, and like, yeah, this, the biggest problem that I had with this game was like just Wizards and Warriors for the NES. <laughs> I think that was before they had infinite money. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, the, the problem, the biggest problem I have with this game is they're just like, too many like bespoke like either mini games or just modes of interaction with the game that that were really unpolished because they Fucking just didn't have time wow. like to tune every single one of them so and just were these uh, you mentioned something about like the 
everything that was in the Kickstarter video was executed pretty well, and all of the stretch goals were trash. Yeah, is yep. that? Yeah, I, I think I still, I think I still agree with that statement. Like, I, 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 I think like the there are like four or five really good character designs in there. I think the protagonist is pretty good. It controls pretty well. Um, the level design that was like shown in the Kickstarter video is, is, is at least good enough to be interesting for like one world. Um, two or three of the worlds are just like, they really felt like, well, we've got these art assets. Let's just slap uh, a level layout together as fast as we can. Uh, make the lighting like re- weird colored lighting so we don't have to actually put any work into that just because it's like, oh, it looks weird. Okay. That's fine. Um, it, re- it really feels like it was rushed out the door, um, way before it was re- it, like all this stuff was ready. And all I want, like all I wanted out of this was just to run around some cute cartoon worlds and pick up some objects, you know, find secrets in, in little hidden alcoves. There's a lot of that. There is a lot there. Yeah, and that's why I'm still playing it. Oh, you are. Yeah, okay. I am. I'm. I am really close to the end at this point. Oh wow. Okay. Um, and like, it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a real disappointment to me. Um, I don't feel bad for recommending it as the assignment because none of you guys got to the part that I thought was the bad part. What's that? It was just like all the all the. Well, I guess you. I guess it, given that you played it and you experienced the scope creep, I guess I can't say that about you. But um, I, I think I, I thought the first um, once you got past like the opening cutscene, the first like hour or two of this game is not too bad. No, yeah, I, I agree. The, the opening cutscene is terrible. All the all the cutscenes are real bad, actually. Yeah. Uh, wandering around in the levels is fine. It's it's yeah. it is often the bespoke stuff that's the the most frustrating. I remember the uh that first like a mini boss on the expanded first level that's got all the logs rolling down the slope. Yeah. The design of that all is the, real all the all the bosses fucking piss poor. All the bosses are like that. Those fights are like really really long. The penalties for losing are f- super frustrating. Yeah. I'm going to start all the way over again with their like uh, yeah. So I listened to, I listened to uh, the Polygon Quality Control podcast about this, and it was somebody who hated the game and was forced to write a review of it, uh, being interviewed about that review. And so many of the things that she said, I was like, well, okay, I'm not buying this game. Like I, like I, it, the thing that upset me the most, like she talked about all these terrible mini games. She talked about the fact that the game apparently occasionally throws like a multiple choice quiz about yep. the, the about, about its own lore. I, no, I want to even just that, like what you did, like which of these characters did you encounter first? Yeah. And I want to talk about that at length later, uh, but, <laughs> but the fact that you, the entire game is about collecting these objects out in the world and that those objects are called pages yep. <laughs> oh god like yeah f- yep that i like there's no so I, many of the, there so is, many of the actual nouns that is are fucking so obnoxious. inexcusable that is inexcusable <laughs> that that is the name of like yeah yeah and that oh and sometimes just from a book make, sometimes just make when it you find one it's locked or in something. a pagey and okay and that's the guy, i like that the guy will comment oh look a pagey <laughs> locked in a cagey and that was basically where I said, "Fuck well, that you!" Makes, and close that makes the window. Riff ragey. Yeah. <laughs> part of, part of it. Do you think that? Do you think that those were made with a, an alloy that involved 
uh, nickel, or do you think they were Nicholas cages? <laughs> so I'll tell you, they they couldn't make it coins because coins are a Mario thing. Okay, they couldn't make it yeah, stars, they, oh, right? Because yep. that's a Mario thing. Coins. They, they couldn't yeah. make it rings because that's obviously a Mario. That's a bayonetta yep. thing. Yeah, and then there's this whole like like rare itself did like three or four of these games and they all had their own separate collectibles why couldn't they be like like donkey kong had bananas mm-hmm. right which makes sense for donkey kong what what do lizards eat oh, butterflies bugs they could be bugs right yeah. they could be butterflies they could be like they could be I mean, fucking mostly anything other feathers. than like feathers some... are what you are mostly collecting on the game. There, there are relatively few obnoxious pages okay there's, there's, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feathers. There's only okay. That's fine. If what you were doing was collecting feathers, that's fine because that's a fucking thing. That's not just like a really bad choice for like a cute thing. Like, are you wait? So are you bothered by like the, the word page? The word page. Yes. Fair enough. That's it. Is so bad. No, that's yeah, indicative yeah. Of, of a lot of their writing. It's, it's yeah, it's, and that's and that's the, the yeah. like the fact that that like there's an important thing and that's what it's called yeah. is like I don't care if what it is is stupid, right? Yeah. I care that what it's called is just an awkward like this is a thing that somebody just said as a sarcastic, intentionally shitty suggestion in a meeting, and then you're like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we just went with that? Yeah. Like, that was what it, that would, like, I just, I saw this meeting in my head <laughs> playing out in front of me when I heard that that was what the fucking things were called. And I was like, well, I do not trust any of their There's choices. a whole section of the game which takes place in a castle and in, like, an ice castle. And they say, oh, it's an icy metric view. So it's, like, isometric-ish. Okay. But they did not lock the controls to, like, if you go left, it doesn't, like, lock to the, like, alignment of the grid tiles. So you're going at this, like, diagonal... It's and it's a fucking like 3D platformer and a grid tile based isometric thing and you have to like diagonal yourself through like so it like how did that survive fucking any QA at all? Uh, like, no one played it with a keyboard. Like <laughs> oh my god! But even like on a joystick, on you a, want you a want jo- like I think on a joystick you kind of naturally adjust right because yeah, it's not like, like four direct. You're not playing it on a gamepad, right? You're playing it on an analog stick. So I think you you will, your mind will adjust to things like that without you really you, realizing. When you make, it. I guess they're I guess when they're playtesting it internally, they're still playing on keypads or, or I, on a, on a gamepad, gamepad. Yeah, I keep finding somehow oh, when fuck. I'm playing Bayonetta with a controller that what I think of as up is not what the game thinks of is straightforward hmm. and I don't know what <laughs> I should I should find an Xbox controller and and uh yeah acquire it and bring it bring it to the you computer. own one I do it was on my desk yeah I want you to play more ukulele it, and right, report it back from your desk because we brought it up here when I was on when I played overcooked on the stream with ah, them okay. so I think that if you just pick an Xbox controller a wired Xbox controller somewhere in this office you can just say that that one's yours okay because that's what I did <laughs> okay um, and I hadn't even owned one before so <laughs> I can tell you that you can take them cool. with impunity cool I like I kind of like games like this like I played a bunch of Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. as you know as a younger man and enjoyed that a lot I mean and I like as much as everyone shits on Psychonauts like the th- platforming or whatever, I didn't have a problem with it. Like it was, there were definitely frustrating bits, but I enjoyed that. Yeah, I was so I was fine with it yeah. up until the meat circus. Um, this game regularly made me mad to the point where Melissa like came into the room and was like, "You need to stop swearing at this. Like, you either need to stop playing or you need to moderate yourself because this is driving me nuts." And I'm wow, like, ah, fine. yeah. So I just put the game down at that point because I just uh, 
Like it was just classic a, mom, Kevin's girlfriend. Like, if you're not enjoying it, well, no, it's supposed to be fun. No, yeah. I mean, it, like, you are. I get very angry. At you games, do. You do. But I mostly get angry when I feel like it's injustice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it always is. But I feel like that. I feel like it gets worse based on your stress level, and I think your stress level's been high. Yeah, like sure. it's, it's uh, you know, yeah. it, it's not. You know, it's Trump. Trump is not making the video games worse. Oh, probably, probably. No, it's well, Brexit in this case. Uh, <laughs> same, same problem, different, different symptom. Yep. Uh, so, do you, do we want to talk about more things? Do we want to talk about the? Um... Yeah, you you said you had something oh, to say yeah. about the quizzes. So, Banjo Kazooie, like right before the final boss, there is a a quiz level. And it's it's laid out like a board game, and so you're like traversing this this board where um, every tile on the board is a different category of quiz. And um, wow, like that's a lot of quizzes. It, yeah, there's a bunch. Of, there's like every sort of type of question that you. Um, oh, each is just one question. Well, there's like, like there's a there's a category of question which is like what level is this screenshot from? Right. And there's a category of question uh like about Gruntilda's life. Okay. And that's so that's information you gather over the course of the game. Yeah. Um things like that. Um and then there's like also like sometimes the questions aren't questions they're like replay this mini game that you probably already played to get to this point in the game. Um and this I thought like this is a real highlight of the game. Like, really? yeah, th- not because it's not like the fucking quiz in ukulele. Okay. This is a, like a game where they actually like took the time to like make sure the questions were fair and interesting. And not only that, like the, the fact that you can choose what category, what like you have, you can take various you have, paths you through the board. Okay. There are things you can do to mitigate risk. There are like, you can choose like, um, they're like it's po- sometimes you can get these little items that la- allow you to bypass a question. Okay. Um, and it may- this makes it an actual game where you can strategize. What is the penalty for failure in that one? So you you have like um you have a health bar and you might either take a take a hit. Uh, in some cases there are um insta death questions where if you fail you just you that you that is start, start over. over right and that is like uh, a moment of like a uh, of high drama. Um, but those are also ones, they're usually the ones you use the skip this question item on. Um, and it's an actual game. It's actually like a well designed game and, um, it's a huge surprise. Like the fact that this is like, now you're playing this game show, um, is. Is it the same character? Like, I don't know if there's any characters that, that come over from. Ben no, no, it, no characters come so over. This is, a, this is a whole new IP. Yeah, um, yeah. Because like, and, they and didn't so like, own, they didn't. Yeah, they have the they don't have any rights to. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so when like a quiz came up as a um a stretch goal in the Kickstarter, this is what you think of. Oh, interesting. Is this like so well? This is one of the things that actually made the game worse. Yeah. Okay. Like. You people are excited. Oh yeah, there'll be like a quiz, like at the end of Banjo Kazooie, and like cl- clearly they were like, "Shit, we've got to make a quiz in this game because we promised to make a quiz," and they did like the cheapest, worst possible version of it because they have to fucking put a quiz in the game. At least you can instead of answering ten questions, if you answer them fast, you can only answer five questions. Yeah, and I think that was probably like a last minute, like mitigate how bad this is. Okay. 
And you could also just make that optional. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, that's Fuck. like... Like, so what... Another thing that, like, is just infuriating about this is that the characters complain about having to do this bullshit again. Yeah. That happens you know, over and over in the game. It's like, yeah. oh, more of this shit. Mm. Um, which doesn't make it any better. Nope. Like, I don't, no, I don't know why writers think worse. that's... Yeah. <laughs> yep. If they recognize that it's garbage and then comment on it... Yep. But... Just makes us feel like double garbage. Yeah, uh, I really wanted this game to be. I didn't think it was ever going to be good, but I wanted this game to be like what it used to be. Hmm. You know, I like. But you've changed a, a banjo because yeah, I have. Um, a, I would gladly have played like <coughs> fuck if they had made it like N sixty four level graphics. I would have been happy with that. Like banjo kazooie is a game that I can like. I could play those levels forever and just be like, yeah, this is something that is like I'm exploring the space. It's not like that interesting, but it's also like that's a cute thing over there. I'll go over to see what's in this corner. Like that is an activity that I could have infinite of in my life and be pretty content with it. Um, and there's some of that in here. There's just enough like to make me miss it. You know, there's just enough to make me like annoyed that that's not what this game is. Yeah. Nostalgia. Yeah, that too. It'll kill you. Seeing stuff like this always kind of scares me because it's when 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 I see people who did work that I really liked, like when they were in their twenties and thirties, make shitty work in their forties and fifties. It just makes me, you know, afraid of just getting worse at everything as I age, which oh, is going like to happen. Right. But it doesn't always happen. <laughs> right. well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I wonder if sometimes it's like, I mean, I, you know, did, did the toys for Bob guys, they seem really on the ball, but they also started making things for children. Right. Which I think is a way that that's a way that you can kind of disguise. So did they might getting chance. getting less cool. Yeah. Well, it, it, I think it's a real common arc because like mm. at once you've had fans for 20 years, your fans have kids and they will buy it whether it's any good or not. Luckily, if it's a thing for their kids and like some it's good. Most of our fans started playing the game when they were children. That's true. So Well, I mean our second game turned out to be a fucking kids game. We didn't know it. Oh, that's true. Right? That's I mean, it's maybe this is too. I need to make sure there's a lot more tits in it. <laughs> <laughs> there's already a lot, but I need to Let's just add one of our Kickstarter stretch goals is Tits Mountain. <laughs> tits on every boar. Chicken in every pot and tits on every boar. How, how many nipples do boars have? Depends on their average litter size. Really? Yeah, that's that's the average litter size of an animal. You double that and that's how many. Oh, okay. I thought it was many. like varying from boar to boar. Oh, no. Like, that, that would... would Wow! No, <laughs> per 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 like member of the species. I yeah, think. no, that yeah. Okay, that that <laughs> makes sense. It has a smaller litter, and one of the nipples just pops just off, falls off. <laughs> yeah. Well, also another good rule of thumb is every animal has uh, as many nipples as it has thumbs. Okay. Uh, oh, I think and, you mean that's the rule of nipples. <laughs> right, and every every uh, every animal with nipples has twice as many nipples as it has dicks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so our next assignment is a, an old game that yeah. um, 
I I played uh, when it was new. It's very small. It's free. Uh, it is a monochrome Metroidvania shooter game called Hero Core. Yep. Um, which this was a game that I think you had not played, and somebody one of your friends recommended it to you. It's very very good, uh, and I am excited to play it again and see what the, it seems like. Looking at the patch notes, some new modes have been added yeah, and stuff. Cool. Like at at some point between when it was. Uh, no, is it still under when? How old are we talking? Twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, I feel like it was played in a browser, but now you download it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was that always, sounds maybe like it was something that would happen with a flash game. Always a download. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to play this and I, I, I really do like, we need to send out another round of, uh, Patreon yeah. suggestion forms. Um, cause it honestly was pretty good having somebody else make those decisions for us for a while and yep. we've gotten through the whole list and we need the to The only it problem was that a lot of those games were big long games which we are not yeah. going to have a bunch of time for the for the next, next few months, months yeah so. um, but we can cherry pick and we ought we should at least have some on file because yep. there's people who've joined the patreon at that level and have oh, never yeah. gotten the chance to suggest anything and that sucks and i'm sorry to our patreon backers such as jim griftwood mm-hmm. and uh griffin Sh- sham shang grim giftwood uh, accelerando kawasaki oh wow Yamaha Hammers. <laughs> Tengu Balthazar. Ham- Hamish uh, Young. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 283 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and uh, I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you don't, Kakaboo Balaya. Kakaboo Balaya. I bet they'll join us. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. Good night. <laughs>